1: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and I am joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, how you doing?
2: I'm good. The yang to your yin, right?
1: I think it's the yin to your yang, but yes. A, I'd be
2: the yang, you'd be
1: the yin, right? And same, same. Same, same. same. I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. and I, I think I can use the old uh, Major League reference tonight, today, I guess. Angels. Oh, yeah.
2: I, I think I just tweeted that one out not too yeah. long ago. Yeah,
1: The Angels have won. They won yesterday. They won today. If they win tomorrow, it is a winning streak. It has happened before. Love that Maybe quote. for
2: them, but it has to other
1: teams. <laughs> it has. I mean, fun game. I, I totally agree with what Darren Sutton was saying. If anybody was watching the game, the Angels had no part in being in this game tonight. It was... Just kind of a lot of fun. It was a it was a team game. I still feel like this team is a different team altogether. Uh, you look at them last year, or the years past, they crumble. I don't think they win a game like this. And this year, they kind of just fight through the adversity. But before we get on to what happened in last night's game, I have a question for you. I was looking up some Mike Trout defensive stats. And this season, his reaction is the worst in baseball. His burst is average and his route running skills not not football but baseball his route running skills are the best in baseball got me thinking it's like why would his route running or why would his reaction be that bad I looked up where he was playing nothing really different on where he was playing I think about five feet deeper this season than he was last season but he's never really had a great reaction time so that got me thinking I wonder if it's hard to play at Angel Stadium with the backdrop behind home plate. And I looked up some of the players that are at the top of the list for best reaction time and that's Kike uh, Hernandez in Boston, Ramon Liriano in Oakland, and two Tampa Bay Rays and Manny Margot and Brett Phillips in center in uh, in Tampa Bay. And I started looking at some pictures of these stadiums behind home plate. And I actually think there might be something to my weird hypothesis you think about what Fenway looks like behind home plate it's not a lot of seating and there is not a lot of stuff that goes on it's just kind of a green backdrop with red seats right there and it's actually pretty dark too if you look at it at nighttime and the same kind of goes for Oakland the Coliseum there's nothing behind home plate at all there's just seats so I would assume that's a pretty decent backdrop and then you look at Tampa Bay and Tampa's I guess somewhere in between, it's it's not as big as Angel Stadium is when it comes to the press boxes and everything there, but there are a lot of seats that, you know, might be easier to see, so Nate, my question to you is to start this show, do you think it's hard to play center field at Angel Stadium and get reads?
2: I think it's hard to play Angels uh play center field at Angel Stadium if you're the Angels because you got one guy in left field who can't play defense, and you got a guy in right field who doesn't play the outfield. So that makes it a lot harder to play the outfield in my opinion.
1: Well, without that, you get what I'm saying here, Nate. Do you think it's hard to see the ball off the bat at Angel Stadium?
2: I don't know. I, I think the Angels also have like a lot of white. Um you see a lot of white jerseys uh, with Angel fans, not too many red jerseys, so I, that could also play a little bit of a factor that like you do get a lot of white uh, white stuff at Angel games, whether it's uh, jerseys or, or shirts or things like that, so that could also make it a little bit tougher, but I don't know. I don't think it's that hard to play there. Um, I think the worst time to play at Angel Stadium is right around 4 o'clock. I think that's probably the time, but there aren't too many 4 o'clock games, so uh, it's not really that big of an issue for them. I just think that Trout is uh, being asked to play, you know, left, center, and right, which makes it really tough on him.
1: Yeah, I, I do understand that. But looking at Angel Stadium, I I I think there's something onto my question that I that I ask you. There is a light at Angel Stadium where the scoreboard is where the scoreboard is shown. Like the score and everything right above where you sit in the diamond club and I think that may have something to do with it there's not a lot of lighting in any other ball club or in any other ballparks in that spot and I just think it's a hard place to see see the ball off the bat I think the sun granted the sun is down but when the sun is going down early in games I think it's difficult, and I also think there might be something to do with lighting Angel Stadium as well. I, I, I don't know if I'm making a lot of excuses here, but I do think that there's something there. I, the Angels have had problems facing lefties before because there was a sign in center field that you couldn't see the ball very well off of lefties, and and they actually took it down. I think it was maybe in 2019 or 2018 when that happened, and it was super interesting to see that. And I, I don't, there's no way for. The, any, the Angels to do anything with this. But it's kind of interesting to think about next time you go to a game or next time you see it on TV, look at Angel Stadium compared to other stadiums right behind home plate where Mike Trout would be looking if a ball was hit. And think about how difficult that would be to see the ball off the bat. I, I, We've played in very difficult places to see the ball, playing in colleges and high schools around Southern California and – around the United States in general. But I think that as far as major league stadiums go, this is a fairly tough one to get any good reads. And I I, I don't know. I think there's something there. I, I don't know, Nate. Yeah,
2: it's it's definitely an interesting question. But um, the, the interesting thing to me would be to see how other teams do there. So, like, how did, how did Manuel Margot do when he was – at Angel Stadium, was his numbers really good, or were they down, or were they about normal? Because I think that has a that would tell you a little bit too.
1: Yeah, and I don't know. I can't. I can't find any splits on home and away. That that'll be something that I'll have to look up. I think I'll get back to everybody and see if maybe I can find some home and away splits defensively. But it's just not something that is kept record wise for some strange reason. And it would kind of be interesting to see. I mean, we always think about hitting is a home and away thing. But I think that defense is also a home and away thing too. You know, you get used to different spar- spots in the field, different bounces a ball is going to take. Uh, you see in places where there's turf, shortstops, third baseman, throwing across the diamond, finding where it's good to bounce at, bounce the ball at. And, you know, I, I, I think there might be something there. And it'd be kind of interesting to see some home and away splits on defense at some point. I, I don't know if that'll ever happen, but I don't know. Just a thought. So guys,
2: Absolutely. and I think we'll get into a little bit of that later on in the show.
1: Yeah, definitely. So guys, I just want to say thank you so very much for listening to talking halos, making talking halos, the best angels podcast out there it really is. And just thank you so much for listening. If you could subscribe to this podcast, leave us a review, leave us a five-star review. If you think that we really deserve it, but leave us a review, let us know how you like the show. If we can change anything up to make it better, if you don't like stuff about our show, you know, just let us know. We, we're very accommodating. I love to talk with all the fans. You guys have been sliding into the DMs, and I, I absolutely love it. I love talking with all you guys. So thank you so much for that. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tims. You can follow Nate on Twitter at NateGreen34. And guys, as always, give us one second to pay the bills.
0: Hey, everyone. Before we start, I want to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is a perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive cover art, personalized. q and a Blue Wire's top podcaster's access to our community discord and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and you name all the other ones. You got them. Okay. The best part is you can get all this for only 15 bucks a month. The same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience. Acceptance in the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com forward slash join. Check out the description box for this episode to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join.
1: All right, enough with all the introductions. Let's get this show rolling and recap the game from last night. The Angels took the W in the opener in Houston, 5-4, and... Before we really get to a recap, Nate, the Angels had no reason being in this game. There's there's no reason for the Angels to win this game. You look at, they had the opener and Junior Guerra, gave up two, three runs early. I guess he gave up, yeah, he gave up three runs early. They brought in Jose Suarez, who doesn't have the best of track records with the Angels, and you thought, dang, I mean, this is going to turn into Saturday night against the Dodgers all over again. The Angels, Jose Suarez kept it close, and... I don't know. There's just something a little different with this team right now, and it's going to be kind of fun to see what happens as they get healthy and everybody is ready to go. So, Nate, did you watch this game?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I watched uh, most of it. Most of it.
1: Jared Walsh, 4 for 4 Man, that guy is impressive. 39th-round pick. Let's just kind of break down what he did. He hit the home run, big factor in tonight's game. What would you see from him?
2: Uh, Clutch. Just clutch. I mean... Did two more RBIs from him, uh, being able to hit with runners in scoring position. That's kind of the guy that you want up with runners in scoring position right now. Um, I just saw a stat and said Walsh has 55 RBIs in his last 51 games played. That is absolutely ridiculous. If you were to look at that at a 162 game season, he's probably right around that 175 mark then, ish. Yeah. So. that's that's ridiculous to think about him having 170 RBIs in a season, and you know it's it's been really nice to see him with uh, some clutch ABs with runs in scoring position, and they're actually attacking it because you know Trout's getting on in front of him and guys are getting on in front of him, so it's like you can't really walk him because there's you know second third bases load or whatever it is, and he's doing a job, so it's been it's been fun to watch him play.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, normally I'd be like, well, he's wreaking the benefits of of Mike Trout, and he is, by runners getting on base in front of him, and Otani, and and Rendon. But the fact, you know, last thing you mentioned, hitters or pitchers are attacking him. It's not like he's getting a bunch of fastballs. It's not like he's batting leadoff on this team, and it's like, all right, we're going to groove fastballs to him because the next couple guys up are going to be off-speed, off-speed, off-speed. No, I mean, he's getting a lot of off-speed, and I think that he's one of the better hitters in baseball, when it comes to off speed, don't quote me on that. I, I feel like I remember seeing a stat or something along the lines of that. But yeah, man, Jared Walsh is impressive. Clutch is the key word for it right now. He, he's he's a lot of fun to watch, and it really goes along with it's been a different hero every day. And I I think I hope, I'm hoping the Angels can kind of keep that up. If it's if it's not Otani, it's not Trout, it's not it's not Rendon. You know, Walsh has been that guy that steps up, and it, it's 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 a lot of fun to watch him. So. Let's get to the starting pitching, well, kind of starting pitching. Junior Guerra opened it up, pitched an inning, went into the second inning, gave up three hits on three runs, all earned, two walks, struck out two as well. Jose Suarez came in in the second inning and looked pretty good, didn't he, Nate? For a guy who is just being brought up and hasn't looked the best in the Angel uniform as of tonight. <laughs>
2: Yeah, not too bad. I mean, a lot of base runners was able to pitch out of some jams. I mean, five hits, three walks. So he, he had a lot of guys on base, which in five innings, eight, eight guys is, is a lot of guys. But um, he was able to strand a lot of guys and just continue to uh, work out of some jams. So it was good to see him. We would love to see him pitch ahead a little bit more and not uh, not get into some of those jams. But, I mean, he, he was uh, able to pitch around some stuff tonight. So it was good to see
1: Definitely, and four-innings pitch. It wouldn't surprise me if the Angels decided, or if they have, you know, already decided to send him back down to Triple A and bring somebody else up, depending on when Alex Cobb is going to be ready to go next. And yeah, yeah, it just wouldn't surprise me, Nate. I know there's one other guy you want to talk about, so go ahead and talk about him.
2: You mean the the Taylor Ward play, or
1: no, no? Talk about Tony. Tony, talk oh. about Tony Watson. We'll get on. We can get on to. The Taylor Ward play, because I know you wanted to talk about that as well.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, we, we have to talk about that. But, uh, yeah, just to see Tony Watson, I mean, I was super, super upset that uh, Alex Claudio was the lefty that we signed first. I'm, I'm a huge Tony Watson guy, uh, especially being Cubs Angel fan. You see, Tony Watson was a possible trade candidate for the Cubs for four years now. Like, every single year, it was Tony Watson's name was mentioned every single year and to see what he done in San Francisco where he was able to pitch against righties and lefties, which is very, very important now with the stupid three-batter minimum, but it's very important to see how effective he has been against righties and lefties in his career. Um, And he's come in, and he has been outstanding. He has been the best relief pitcher the Angels have, and it's great to know that basically when he goes out there, he's going to get a job done.
1: Yeah, and I think that, honestly, when you look at it, The Angels were struck by the injury bug at the wrong time. And Tony Watson was one of those guys. The Angels' bullpen kind of suffered from it. He comes back, and all of a sudden, the Angels start playing decently good baseball again. And I don't want to say he's been the key in that bullpen, but he's honestly kind of been that key in that bullpen. The guy who bridges the gap between starter and back of the bullpen, whether it's Mike Myers or Rysel Iglesias, and and like you mentioned, been good against righties, been good against lefties... And that's huge. If you can get a lefty that can do that, that's that's one of the biggest things you can have in the bullpen is is a lefty that's good against both righties and lefties. And that's that's that is what he's been. So I have a weird feeling that you don't like the three batter minimum either.
2: <laughs> um, it, it's dumb.
1: But <laughs> we've I talked about we've talked about that enough, so, so, lefties, that, that's so fair. it's fine. Yeah, it's it, we've talked about that rule enough. It's fair. I think we've ranted many of many times about the ridiculous rules that have been taking place and you know it is what it is so Nate get on to the Taylor Ward play
2: yeah I mean we talked about it a little bit with uh, playing in a new well Taylor Ward's playing kind of a new position doesn't really play right field too often but also playing in a new ballpark I mean I don't know if Taylor Ward has played right field in Houston Uh, this could have been his first game there and you saw him in the ninth inning he did not know where he was at on that ball. He thought he was at the wall and he actually had another step to go. And I think if he's at Angel Stadium, he makes that play and Guriel makes the last out of the game and we don't even have to sweat, you know, runner on second, two outs, just please the glaciers don't let him get a hit. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's definitely a tough thing to do when you haven't played right field and you haven't played in in his ballpark. So yeah, that was definitely something that, that you see. Um, I don't know if that's something where maybe you bring in a defensive replacement in that inning or what, but it's something that he's got to learn, and it's it's definitely not easy when you haven't done it too often.
1: Well, you can only bring in so many defensive replacements in the outfield, Nate. Wong, I think Juan Ligaris came in for Justin Upton in the left field, so you just got to kind of roll the dice on that one, I think. Uh, yeah. I think. It's fair to say that Taylor Ward is a better outfielder than what we saw in that ninth inning. And I think he kind of will learn from this. He, I wouldn't say he looks like a starter, but he definitely looks good. I'll I'll say that much. The swing looks a lot better. And we even saw it last year. He He looked better as the season ended. And we were hoping to see him up at the big league level at the start of the season. Unfortunately, that didn't happen because of some injuries, and I'm air-quoting injuries, I think he got sick, along li- something along the lines of that, and yeah, you know, it, it. It's good. it's just good to see him up, good to see him playing, and I'm kind of glad that the Angels kept him around, I know that he was a hot commodity for a little while on the trade market, and you know, the Angels just wanted to keep him around and saw something in him, and kind of going to turn into a nice little utility guy and a piece that a winning ball club really needs.
2: Absolutely, and I love the fact that he got back to catching this this spring because you never know, and if something happens, it's nice to have a guy like that who can strap on the gear and actually know what he's doing back there because I think last year their emergency catcher was David Fletcher, and not, no knocks against David Fletcher, but I, I probably would not be super comfortable with him behind the dish.
1: Oh, David Fletcher can do anything, so I'm not... <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't be too upset. That would have been kind of interesting. I I I, I could see it happening and, and and another guy that's been working on on catching that the Angels moved out moved away from catching is is Matt Thice. He actually caught his first game since college baseball I think over the weekend for the Salt Lake Bees and it, it, they're doing something down there with him. It's it's kind of interesting. So, we'll get on to the Salt Lake Bees in a minute. Let's let's preview today's game. We have Shohei Otani against Lance McCullers Jr. Nate As always, what is the key for Shohei Otani to succeed?
2: Yeah, he's got to keep that pitch count down. That's the biggest thing. Um, Get ahead in the count. uh, Be able to get to that splitter. I'm not a huge splitter guy. You know, I don't love it, but it is the best pitch in baseball right now. So if he can get ahead of guys and put guys away early instead of having to throw seven, eight pitches every AB, he's going to be very successful. And I know he has had a tough time in Houston. I think that was where he got injured was in Houston. He had a uh, rough outing that day too. But, um, yeah, that he's got really good stuff. So if he can stay ahead of these hitters and, and put them away early, we could see him go six innings and maybe 95, 100 pitches.
1: Yeah, we'd like to hope so. I don't, I don't think I've seen or heard of a pitch limit on Otani today, or, yeah, for today's game. And I... Would hope that there's not one, and I'm hoping that we see Otani go deep into this game because the bullpen needs as much rest as he as it can get. I would assume Otani will be hitting, and you they know,
2: did say he was going
1: to be He's going to he's going to hit for himself, should you say? Yes, and, yeah. It, it'll be a lot of fun. Otani's been very special this season. If he can keep the walk count down and he can do exactly what you said, I, I he's going to be. Good tomorrow, or today, should I say. <laughs> and it'll be a lot of fun to see. I-, I wish I was able to watch tomorrow, but you know, I gotta work. So there's that. Nate, you better watch the game for me so I can uh so we can re- recap it and talk about how well Otani did. So
2: you'll Nate- get text messages.
1: <laughs> Nate, any predictions for the game?
2: Uh I'm a huge Lance McCullers guy. I was very disappointed that he signed the extension before the season because that's a guy that um, I was looking forward to being a free agent at the end of the year because I, I think he's got really good stuff. I know he's coming off the TJ, but um, yeah, you know, Lance McCullers has has got some really good stuff. He's going to be tough for the Angels. Uh, he throws a lot of breaking stuff, which, uh, as you mentioned, Walsh does hit well. So it, it's going to be it's going to be a good one. Um, I think the Astros end up winning this one. Coming off this loss, I don't see them losing two in a row, especially the way they lost today. I, I think the Astros end up winning the game uh, probably about five to three. I think it's a close one. I think Otani goes five and a third and gives up, you know, one run. And he leaves a guy on base. Maybe it's not his run that scores, but a relief pitcher comes in and gives up a couple runs. And Yeah, I, 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 that's kind of my, my thought process.
1: I'll say that Otani finds his way into the seventh inning. He's gonna go six and a third, six and two thirds. I think the walk count will be down again. I think he's just he's gonna give up four walks instead of the five, six, seven, eight that he's given up. He's gonna strike out a lot of guys and he's gonna look good. I think he's gonna give up one, maybe two runs, though he hasn't really given up a lot to any team lately. So I don't I don't know. It'll be just fun to watch this. It's a good matchup. In general, Otani versus McCollars, Otani versus one of the better offenses in baseball, McCollars against one of the better offenses in baseball. So I think it's just going to be a fun baseball game. And I hope that it goes well for the Angels. <laughs> I don't get to watch it. I'm kind of disappointed if you can hear that in my voice. So
2: score prediction.
1: Score prediction. I don't know, man. 18, 18 to 17.
2: Okay. Okay. You, you can't say eighteen to seventy after just saying Otani's oh, going to
1: go six and a third. Yeah, he's going to go six and a third, and the bullpen's going to give up fourteen. <laughs> oh,
2: I could
1: so see that happening too. That's not good. <laughs> I know. Well, I, on to on to the minor leagues. Quick minor league, quick trip around the minor leagues tonight. The only team that played with the AAA Salt Lake Bees, they won their first game, ten to nine in a pretty fun way. Joe Adele went two for five, hit two home runs his second and third of the year, had two runs, five riblets on the day. Preston Palmero, we'll get to him in a second. Two for three with two, with a double, two runs and two walks. Torrey Hunter Jr. hit his first home run in AAA. Uh, He went two for five with three runs and two RBIs. Harrison Winston went two for four with a home run, the walk-off home run, two run home run. In the bottom of the 10th, he had two runs and two RBIs. And a guy to keep an eye on, Austin Warren pitched again. Two uh, two and a third innings, gave up three hits, no walks, no runs, and struck out a pair. And definitely somebody to keep an eye on down there in AAA. I, I think that, you know, if the Angels have some issues, we might see Austin Warren at some point. And like I said, just somebody to keep an eye on. And to get back to Preston Palmero, yes, that is... Rafael Palmero's son, kind of an interesting name. I don't think anybody re- had really ever mentioned that that he even signed. I don't remember the Angels even signing him, and kind of a fun name to ha- have down there. I think that Rafael Palmero, actually Rafael Palmero, is the only guy with three thousand hits that's not in the Hall of Fame. I think.
2: Yes, I believe that's correct. But I, th- uh, I, I think he was greatly helped by the uh, steroids. Where Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer without. Him.
1: Yes, and I guess we can kind of get on to this conversation because we have a couple minutes. I think the raw, like the raw hit ability on Rafael Palmero was special. I don't know how you can how steroids help the raw hit piece because he did have 3000 hits like it's not like he was going out there and hitting 60 70 even 50 home runs a year. The power was there a lot too, but I don't think that he really ever I think he had 500 home runs. So I guess the power was there so I guess that aided him a little bit. But man, 3000 hits is is kind of special and he didn't even like get any votes. It was kind of interesting. Like I've always thought like why Rafael Palmero didn't get more votes than he I don't he didn't even get to stay on the ballot, which is a, another really interesting thing. So I don't know. I guess that's for another another day. So Nate, any final thoughts before we get going?
2: I just think it's funny that the Angels you could argue they have three MVP candidates, and they are in last place as of May tenth.
1: Well, May tenth, it's, it's still a, early.
2: It's a funny stat for being May tenth and saying you have three MVP candidates, and they're in last place. Like, it's, it's a little ironic, right?
1: No, oh, def- definitely. That's it a is.
2: has a, is a, in first place.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it is. Dare I say, typical pitch, Angels baseball?
2: One of them pitches and hits too. It's not like they're all they're all hitters or they're all pitchers. Like we got one who does both.
1: That's fair. That's fair. And and Anthony Rendon, another possible guy who could be an MVP candidate, has been hurt a lot of the years. So that's that's a fourth guy. I mean, that could possibly but, be an MVP but candidate.
2: But right now, you got Otani, Trout, and Walsh are all MVP candidates, and you could argue. Trout and Walsh could even be 1-2 in that race right now with Buxton being in there. But he's been hurt so much. But it, I just found it ironic that they have three MVP candidates and they are still in last place.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, that just kind of proves how tough it is to win ball games. It really is. Like, you can have Walsh, some of
2: the... It's not that good.
1: Yes, but it also proves how tough... Like, you can have great hitting and you can have good relievers and you can even have good starters but it doesn't mean that you're going to go out and win every ball game. I think that's kind of why, and I'm going to quote Miracle here, the movie Miracle, you know, that you look at why all-star teams don't succeed, why all-star teams don't go and win games all that much. And I think that they just don't have that X factor. And I think that's kind of where the angels are. I just don't think the angels have had that X factor that everybody's looking for that, I, I don't know I, could, I can't tell you this is why we're not in the I'll tell angel, you the, the front word office is
2: that you're looking for you want to know what it is go for it it's called the Ace they haven't had an ace and you know that's true hundred percent fact
1: I know but does Trevor you know. Bauer make this team a winner
2: I don't know um it depends does Jose Quintana still get signed?
1: does Trevor Bauer make this team a winner?
2: You take Trevor Bauer's starts and you take out all Jose Quintana's starts, what is that, seven wins probably compared to – because he's probably putting up better numbers than Jose Quintana.
1: You'd like to hope so.
2: I mean, I'm not paying him all that money, but I would assume that his numbers are going to be better than Jose Quintana's. And I do think because he does use some sticky stuff,
0: I'm going to say he probably uses some sticky stuff because I don't want to say for sure.
2: Uh, but that probably helps out the rest of the rotation too. Like, I think he makes Griffin Canning a better pitcher. He probably helps him with some stuff that he's able to see. I think he makes Otani a better pitcher. That's the one thing that I liked about Bauer is that he probably was able to see stuff because he is such a student of the game that he could probably make some of these guys better pitchers. That was the only thing that I liked about him. Uh, I, I think he's still overpaid.
1: I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you there. I mean, you can also make the argument, does Garrett Cole make this team above 500? Absolutely. I'm not going to disagree with you there. So is an ace the X factor? I don't know. Maybe. I just think that everything needs to come together. I think that everybody needs to be healthy, and I think that this team is on the right track. Is it light in pitching? Yeah. Yeah, I I, I do agree with you. But I, I do think that... This team has the capabilities of winning ball games and winning a lot of them. So that's, that's all I have to say about that. And we'll just kind of wait and see how the deadline plays and how free agency plays next year. So guys, as always, I just want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast. You can follow us on all of our social medias. Please subscribe to this podcast. Please give us a review if you like what we're doing here. Tell us what you like about it. Tell us what you don't like about it. We'll try to change things up for you. I I don't mind doing that. So you can follow myself on Twitter, Jared underscore Tims. You can follow Nate on Twitter at NateGreen34. And thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your day.